We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, Week 7 DraftKings Picks and Preview. If you want to get into a draw for 20 DK dollars, what you need to do is smash the like button for the episode, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, tell me your favorite wide receiver below $4,000 this week on the DraftKings main slate, because that's what we talk here on the Pat Mayo Experience, DraftKings Picks and Preview, main slate only. You know, the millionaire maker slate, that one. The other ways to get into the draw for 20 DK bucks, leave a five-star review on my audio feed. Subscribe to it while you're at it as well. Five-star review, something you like about the show and your DraftKings handle, boom. You'll be in the draw for 20 DK bucks, as you will if you follow me on Instagram at the PME Heart. One of them sports photos that goes up there. Leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and you too will be in the draw for 20 DK bucks. If you're looking for my DraftKings cheat sheet, it'll be up on DraftKings Playbook, DKPlaybook.com on Friday. Once we get a bit more injury information, this is more of a first look as we talk through all the plays of the week. And finally, you got to play in the best tournament on DraftKings if you're going to hit the slate this weekend. $15 entry, three, $15 per entry, three max entry, no rake. The Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League is Davis Maddock. I don't know. What, what are you vacuuming over there? I just had to move my office chair real quick. Sorry, pal. I just, you're just picking up in my ear. Crazy. You were so good last week for me. I think you were good luck. I had by far my best week, so you had to come back. Well, thanks. Thanks for uh, thanks for really rubbing it in because I just got I just got trashed left, right, and center. Just yeah. just absolutely obliterated. Yeah, but you won our fifty dollar bet as I bet on Derrick Henry. He was the real weak link. Him and Cooper Cup really let me down, and everyone else went off in my lineups. Well, Malcolm Brown just he 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 ruined he ruined uh, a lot for me. And you know, Mark Andrews getting stuck at ninety nine yards instead of hitting the one hundred yard bonus that was uh, you know that was pretty brutal. I, I had some good teams, but Malcolm Brown basically kept me from having uh, a great week. How many Malcolm Brown lineups did you play? Like what percentage? Um, I probably made like. 700 800 lineups and he was probably in like 500 of them 800 line why why are you playing 800 lineups because i max enter a bunch of stuff in the main slate and then the early slate and then the afternoon slate the 4 p.m slate was good so there was a bunch of like you know 150 max and 20 max contests for that too and malcolm brown was just a really good play and uh he did not get there 
Yeah, what you need to do is like play Carlos Hyde or AP instead. Yeah, if I would have just played Adrian Peterson or Carlos Hyde in uh, instead of Malcolm Brown, it probably would have been like I probably would you know not be uh, you know feeling feeling so dejected and feeling so mad about uh, about Jared Goff and the Rams. I'd, I'd just be in a better mental place, Pat. Yeah, I mean, we are always concerned about your mental health on this show. So hopefully we can get you back in the winner's circle as we talk this through this week. What do you think? The, the slate seems kind of disgusting. I'll be honest with you. And and I, I kind of like that. I kind of like when there are not just like super mega obvious values. The second that you open up the slate, I think there are only three games with totals 50 or higher. And one of the games I expected to have one of those high totals was not uh, there at all. Houston, Indianapolis is only a total of 47. So uh, I, I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting slate, especially because in one of the high total games, the Baltimore Seattle game I think the the answers of like okay uh, who do you stack these quarterback with is not super obvious well the the problem I had I just tried to initially feel like I went through the slate I identified who my favorite plays are going to be and then I tried to put them all into one lineup and like if I didn't have to play a defense and I had that money left over it would work out really well but I'm having some problems paying down this week for like basically every position yeah, and there are just very obvious good values at every position that are like not they're you know they're not crazy expensive, but they're also you know there is no Malcolm Brown, Auden Tate, Byron Pringle sort of play that just melts everything together and makes and makes all your favorite plays easy to get in one lineup. Well, the move was to not play Byron Pringle. So just every week we kind of say it is don't play the chalk cheap receiver. And then well, he was in chalk once Tyreek came back, or was he still owned? I don't even know. I didn't play him at all. Yeah, he was still, he was just a salary cap saver. Yeah, I, I don't know. It just, he was bad when I, though he played way more than I thought he would. I think he played like 59% of the snaps or something, which was kind of crazy. Yeah, well, he ended up taking basically the Sammy Watkins role. So hopefully Watkins come back for Thursday night. Either way, I do want to let everyone know if you want to get access to the optimizer, all the tools, all the strategy articles at dailyroto.com. And not just for NFL. You can do it for whatever sport that you like. They cover everything over there, all the projections, some of the best projections, if not the best projections in the biz. Go to dailyroto.com, use the promo code the PME, get yourself 10% off and become a loser like Davis, who uses the tools. Could have been could have been a lot worse without the tools. Would it would have been? I, I was about I was about minus seventy five percent. But I promise you, if I would have built those lineups by hand, it would have just been minus one hundred because I wouldn't have been able to get myself off of Malcolm Brown and loser Jared Goff. Jared Goff. I mean, you should have just played Kirk Cousins. We talked about this. Should have just played. I mean, I, I did. So I, you know, I build all my lineups out by quarterback and uh, Kirk Cousins was not one of the guys who uh, who was in my player pool. And to make it even worse. I played all those lineups, Pat. You know who I didn't play even once? Steph Diggs. Not even, not even a solitary time. That's not great. That seems suboptimal for winning. It was suboptimal for winning. I mean, because just the my theory right now is that uh, in NFL, you should really kind of focus on having a tighter player core instead of just trying to, you know, hashtag play all the dudes. Because like three for 24 from a guy you have 19%, that, that can just kill uh, a lineup. And I'm not just trying to match the field at, at these percentages. I'm trying to make some stands. And uh, it turns out Steph Diggs was not the stand to take. Well, I don't play 8,000 lineups like you. Uh, I actually narrowed everything down. Just played three lineups. 
last week and I had my most successful week. So I'm probably going to go back to that. So I'm going to try to frame this in a discussion to help me and probably the viewers out there who are also not playing as many lineups as you, maybe one, two, three, up to 10, something like that is what most people are up to. So let's talk about running backs. And I have three off the hop that I really like. And one is the most expensive player at the position. Uh, it does. It's trending towards Saquon Barkley playing. He's $8,900 yeah. against Arizona. This is a game that I do want to target. I guess I, I guess I have to check the weather report on it, but I'm still not. Yeah, that you're, you're probably alone in that. I don't think anyone else wants to target players from this game. Probably just you. Yeah, yeah so, so it's just me and you. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I can see where you kind of mentioned that it's hard to find value. It's a tougher week in terms of pricing. It's a lot tighter that a lot of people might just go to other options in this game and not use Barkley if he's back, but he should destroy the Cardinals if he is. I would think that Barkley probably will be like, he'll be one of the most popular one-off options from this game. So like in lineups where you're just making, you know, maybe one other quarterback wide receiver stack or whatever, I can see Barkley being immensely popular. But when you start trying to get multiple plays from this game, I can definitely see how it, it would just be super easy to leave Barkley out of it. You know, if you go, if you go Kyler, Barkley and uh and let's just say Fitzgerald you are left with four thousand seven hundred sixteen dollars left per slot twenty eight thousand three hundred total so like that's a, that's just a hard lineup to make so I, I actually love Barkley but and I ne I don't ever really play him in DFS but this is a good spot to do it so all of the top 10 running backs right now 8900 Saquon Barkley is priced Delvin Cook is number two in the pricing he comes in at $8,000, and it's DJ at 7-8. Kamara, who may or may not play, looking like he will play, but be banged up at 7,500. Aaron Jones coming off yeah. the big game, 71. Fournette, Ingram, Carson, Gurley, who may or may not play at 64. Austin Eckler at 62. And then at the even $6,000 mark, you have Marlon Mack. But the reason that I think that Barkley comes in underpriced because I can't envision a scenario where no one looks at this slate and says, Oh, I know who my two running backs are Fournette and Chris Carson. And then I'll move on. Yeah. I mean, Chris Carson is a very good play at 6,500. I think David Johnson at 7,800. I, I think there are not a ton of obvious running back values on this slate. Fournette, For, that... Fournette is the one everyone's going to own. Yeah. Fournette. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, I could see the thing, like I could see things going the other way with Chris Carson though, if Penny is active, cause he does have pretty big splits with and without Penny. I mean, he is still a great play and he's been crushing I, and he's even been used in the passing game too. So, I mean, those two are going to be the most chalk running back plays and I'm not even going to make an effort to get off of them. You know, I, I just don't see any reason why they would not be the two best plays. I guess like if you wanted to play like a contrarian mode, it's a, it's too expensive for me to actually do it, but I do see how you can talk yourself into Aaron Jones at like 0.5% ownership. Cause no one is going to be using Aaron Jones at that price. Yeah. I mean, there are, there are definitely some guys who you can pivot off of Aaron Jones, David Johnson. I think carry on Johnson is, I mean, carry on Johnson is, is to me, similarly level value to Chris Carson and to Leonard Fournette. I, I think he is in like that same region of like a points per dollar play. Yeah. Well, we'll get to him here in a second once we work our way down, but like, you don't, 
I guess yeah, that's kind of the thing. It's Fournette, it's Carson. Those are the two very obvious plays. That's why I kind of like Barkley. Maybe get off Fournette, go on to Barkley, and hope he outscores one, and you try to make up the value somewhere else. I think I would fade. I think Carson's path to failure, it sounds crazy, but I think Carson's path to failure is a little bit more obvious than Fournette's because Fournette just doesn't ever go to the bench. Carson splits time on the two-minute with pro size, and you could just – like it could just randomly happen that Rashad Penny scores from 20 yards out or whatever instead of Carson. I, I suppose that's true, but I don't think that Carson will carry the same ownership as Fournette. Yeah, that's true. That that's a hundred percent true. Yeah, Carson will be ten percent less in in like big field stuff than Fournette probably. Yeah. So if we go to the five Ks, you mentioned Carry On Johnson. He's at the very bottom. Melvin Gordon is the first one on the list at fifty nine hundred dollars. It's gonna be a pass for me. My guy who cost me my bet last week, Derrick Henry, with you, he's fifty eight hundred dollars. Better value probably this week against the Chargers because they're so banged up. Your boy, Malcolm Brown, Tevin Coleman, Gallman, Devin Singletary, Devonta Freeman, Matt Breda, Frank Gore, Latavius Murray. Then you have carry on johnson josh jacobs and joe mixon uh, everyone's going to use carry on johnson because of that price point and the usage that he's getting uh, it's a very tough matchup against minnesota even though it is at home i think the move here is instead of maybe pivoting off of those top two guys that we talked about if you like the best combination or the most common combination of running backs this week is going to be fournette carson and carry on johnson i can almost guarantee that now that's not going to be like having those three guys is probably going to happen like two three percent of lineups. So that's still a very high percentage to use the exact that's still same. a huge percentage for yeah. three guys to be in together yeah. but, th- but those are the three obvious guys of the week you might be better off pivoting off of carry on johnson to those two guys that are right next to him either josh jacobs or Joe Mixon. Jacksonville is last in the league in run defense DVOA. Now, the problem is if they get up big in this game, we're probably not going to see a whole bunch of Joe Mixon. But he's still going to be the lead back in games that are somewhat close. Is only a three-and-a-half-point spread. I don't love it. It makes me feel uncomfortable. But I see the path to Mixon having a good game here. Yeah, I, I mean, you have to you have to see that path if they are somehow able to be competitive in this game. Mixon still is handling a, like a huge chunk of the touches for this team. The problem is, is uh, he still splits time with Giovanni Bernard. It doesn't look like that because Giovanni Bernard's touch numbers are so low. But like if, if they're losing this game by 10, Mixon will play 55% of the snaps for Cincinnati, probably. I, I probably won't play Mixon at all. Honestly, I, I think that Josh Jacobs and Carrion are such good plays. I like I'm really fine just eating the chalk at running back this week. Well, there is a path here too, like when we look at all these guys around here, like you could it's all split guys. Like maybe Hyde against Indianapolis. Eh, I don't like that as much as, you know, being in a spot against Kansas City last week. People will go to Jamal Williams after watching the Monday night game, but I don't really want a huge part of that. Like Montgomery's matchup is just horrible and he's just untrustworthy. The big thing is if somehow Barkley is inactive, that frees up Gallman, who should return at $5,500. I think that's the play if Barkley sits. That's where you save your money. Yeah, I mean, Gallman would be Gallman would be a lock, obviously. And then I, I will be going back in tournaments to to Malcolm Brown if Todd Gurley isn't active. What if sure. Todd what if Todd Gurley is active? Uh I mean, I will probably include him some in game stacks. He's sixty two hundred. He does have an eleven target game this year. Uh the he and he could score two touchdowns, right? Todd Gurley scoring two touchdowns is pretty firmly in his range of outcomes in this game. I, I'm hoping that Todd Gurley sits, but if he does, I, he's not a guy that I would be comfortable just full fading. And, and I, I've, yet, I've yet to play Gurley yet this year, so this would be the first time. 
the, the issue becomes that, I mean, once we kind of max out at $5,000 at running back, we talk about all these chalky guys, clearly they're going to be good pivots uh, in this range. Everyone's gravitating towards the same three or four guys. So maybe you just structure it differently. But once you get below $5,000, like, I don't know who the option is, to be perfectly, unless an injury frees someone up during the week, there's not one guy below $5,000 at running back who I feel good about. What about what about your boy, Carlos Hyde? I liked him a lot last week because he was facing the Chiefs, who are just sieves and a run-funnel defense that, against Indianapolis, I don't necessarily think that's going to be the case. Yeah, I don't. I don't see. I don't see anyone either. Uh, the one guy. The one guy I would say is. Uh, so I think Chris Thompson is going to miss this game with uh, a turf toe injury, and Wendell Smallwood would probably be the favorite to to take over that role. So you'd, like, he you know he could maybe see like eleven targets or something, just you know absolutely insane like that as they're trailing this entire game against San Francisco. That that's the, literally the only guy I see. It does look like the Redskins are working out Josh Ferguson as well to bring him in to potentially at least split. So that some... would be that would be brutal. That would be brutal for yeah. uh, like for this whole situation. And where he's unsigned right now, it's not like he's going to be added to the slate either. That if Smallwood was somehow inactive, and then all of a sudden Ferguson is playing right. behind AP, maybe they just end up using Peterson the entire time. Probably not a good move, but I just don't think you want to start receivers or running backs against San Francisco at this point of the season anyway. Probably, probably don't want to be too uh, too exposed to the Washington offense this week. I and I, I think that's kind of it's these slates get really interesting where we just don't have super obvious values because it means you have to start throwing darts at wide receiver or just build more balanced lineups. Like, could you see yourself using one of the two San Francisco running backs against the Redskins because one of them should have a huge game? I just don't know which one. I will probably use both of them, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida some. I, I would prefer Coleman because he just has the goal line work just locked down. He should have had should have had two touchdowns last week, had a touchdown in his hands, and he dropped it. Breida obviously is like the better big play running back. Uh, and, and I just, you know, you'd play max one of them in, a, in every lineup. But if I was building 10 lineups, I would probably try and use each of them once. Yeah, I don't like doing that when I play 10 lineups. I don't like to have, like, you can say, oh, I have 10% of this guy, but it's one lineup. Like, this is the problem that a lot of people get into when, you know, even if they play, like, golf, 20 lineups. Well, I have I have 5% of this guy. It means you have one of 20 lineups. It means like, you have one. Right. Yeah, like, I would prefer to have at least a few outs if I am right on that guy. Like, if I'm going to play 10 lineups in football, I want to have at least – two lineups with every single player that I use just in case I have the wrong combination. Not that I'm giving myself exponentially more outs on it, but I want to at least have a mulligan somewhere if something goes wrong. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. And yeah, so maybe, maybe it is better if you're just building 10 lineups. Like I, I could honestly see a scenario where if you were building 10 lineups, you would just use the same three running backs at all the lineups where you would just go for Nat Carson carry on and just be like, these guys are going to be the nuts. These are the dudes I'm playing. I can actually see that. That's more the approach that I took last week. Uh, I used a collection of four running back or five running backs last week and mixed them throughout my three lineups. Like just, you know, play two and one, two, two, three, 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 and then mix in like someone else. Once you get down to three lineups, of course, you're going to have guys that are just appear solo on them at some point. That's how I had my Adrian Peterson, my Carlos Hyde, and just mixing up the build a bit differently, depending on who I had in. Let's talk about so why you just do you do you build all your lineups by hand, like just in the app or on the, the site or whatever? 
uh, depending on how much I want to play that week, if I'm going to go up to like 20 or 30, I'll use the optimizer uh, and make my groupings and do everything like that. If I'm only playing three, if I do three, I play them by hand. Yeah, I I do. So what I do is I do all that. Like I save at the beginning of the week, I save my, my GPP entries as a CSV. And then throughout the week, I like, I do hand build more teams just as I'm like, Oh, like I want to get, I want to make sure to have this and something and I'll go enter it in a three max or whatever. So I, like, I, I, I guess I still do both. And and if I was doing like in my hand built teams this week, I, I bet I only used five running backs total. Yeah. Well, the, the problem, one of the main reasons whether like you use an optimizer to give yourself the best projections and put those guys into your lineup. That's one thing to use generated lineups. But I think that the other way too, is that when you build lineups by hand, your in just your bias is going to be so influenced by that because you start a team one way and like the next team kind of gets started the exact same way as well that you overweight yourself on players that maybe you don't want to be overweighted on that. When you do use a lineup generator, it takes that bias out of it, which I do think is helpful. Right. Exactly. No. Yeah, exactly. Like that, that is, that is one of the really helpful things about using the optimizers. You're like, Oh wow. I have 70% Keenan Allen. Don't want that. That's too much, but it's just, it's really easy to just click the same names when you're going through and doing them by hand. Yeah. Like you get into your routine and your pattern of how you fill out lineups. Well, I want to do quarterback first. Well, who's my quarterback stack going to be? Well, I'm going to do that. And that becomes the thing that's different in your lineup. You have this quarterback stack and then you're like, well, I have this much left. This is who I usually use in this range. And then you just end up with the same lineup over and over. Right. Yeah, exactly. Like you're, you're just going, you're just going back and forth with uh, like, you know, eight, maybe eight different total wide receivers, five different running backs, two defenses and three quarterbacks. And then all of a sudden uh, your lineups are basically just one V ones. Let's discuss wide receivers because I see T Y Hilton. He's $5,900. And I'm thinking about just locking him into every lineup I play. Uh, I, I do not, I do not hate the lock. I, I, I don't hate, I, I think that it's actually pretty reasonable. He, he is far and away on daily Roto, our highest value wide receiver. I, I don't think that anyone is within, um, like points. Like, yeah, he's just, he's the best play. Yeah. So like when I looked at this slate, I looked at the pricing and I thought about how, people are going to approach this week that I think I can see myself playing a lot of Goff, Cooper Cup, T.Y. Hilton teams and figuring out the rest from there. Yeah, I, I don't I don't have any I don't have any problem with that. Are you are you concerned at all about this Ram stuff? Because I, I think that's such it's such an interesting question. Do you think first of all, are you concerned about the Rams offensive performance? And second of all, do you think let the like general public you know, just the general DFS playing public, do you think they are concerned about the Rams? I would say that the general public is far more concerned about the Rams offense, especially this week, than I am. One of the big things with Goff is he's so easily rattled that once you get pressure on him, he starts making very terrible decisions. And even sometimes when he's not pressured, he makes terrible decisions. He he becomes Goffle, as I enjoy to say. However, Atlanta generates no pressure on the quarterback None. whatsoever. So it's a really optimal time for Jared Goff coming off a week where everyone watched him be terrible and used him in lineups and destroyed lineups. Like he's mm-hmm. in a really good spot this week in probably the highest total game of the week. And no one wants to use him. That seems like a perfect time to go back to him. Yeah, I, I will. I probably am going to be 50% Jared Goff, maybe. 
Like I, I just, I want to be, I want to be pretty much as close to all in as you can reasonably be on Goff, Cooper Cup, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Gerald Everett, whoever the starting running back is. I just, I just want to be loaded up on these guys because it's not very often you're going to see the public shy away from the highest total game of the week against a defense that is just the 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 Falcons give up no resistance at all. They just, they just let other teams do whatever they want. I think the hardest thing here is I think you want to game stack it. I won't play enough lineups to have a, a let's say, Goff and Cup and then a Goff and Woods and a Goff and Cooks and then a Goff and Everett or maybe even triple stack them. I'm more concerned about who do I bring this back with on the other side. Like, do we think that Jalen Ramsey ends up playing for the Rams this week? Uh, yeah, seems like that's what the reporting was, is that he was going to be, he was going to be ready to go. And I think that he, so he's like a, he's a man corner, right? So it's not even like he needs to know the defensive assignment that well. You just, you just go tell him to go cover Julio Jones. Exactly. So let's say I, so that one leaves Julio as a very interesting pivot play or even contrarian play at the very top. He's just too expensive. I'm not going to end up using him here despite the, despite the fact that no one's really going to own him. So that leaves Ridley, that leaves Sanu, and that leaves Austin Hooper as a guy to bring it back with if I'm going to use Goff and Cup here. And I might need the savings, and I feel like a lot of people will go with Ridley, but Hooper might be the play to bring it back with. Um, I mean, I'm going to have, I'm going to have loads of all, I'm going to have all these guys. I I I understand that you play every player. So, that, so, that's easy. so in terms of how I would rank them in wanting exposure, I would say Julio Ridley, Hooper, Sanu, uh, Julio, I think you should make it a point to, especially if Ramsey is active for this game. I think that you should make it a point to play a lot of Julio Jones because Julio Jones has been a guy historically, we've just seen, you know, individual coverage matchups don't matter. He will destroy any cornerback if and when Matt Ryan decides to start throwing him the ball. The concerning thing about Julio is his target share is like, just dwindling like every game Austin Hooper just out targets him I think so theoretically I just think out there in the ether uh, a Julio Jones explosion game has to exist Austin Hooper is obviously going to be chalk given his performance last week and Calvin Ridley to me I mean if Calvin Ridley doesn't score a touchdown I I was listening to a podcast yesterday it's hilarious so his splits in games where he scores a touchdown it's like 21 DraftKings points a game games in which he doesn't score a touchdown it's like five DraftKings points per game so I just think he's like the most touchdown dependent guy in this game and and I so I just I don't want to have too much of him I think in like bring back stacks the the whole problem is it's not so much Julio can't be good in this matchup I think he can be really good in this matchup we talked about the leverage you can get by playing him the issue is that if you put in cup and if Cup's the guy that you want to stack with, he's my preferred guy on the Rams with Goff and use Julio Jones, you're now down to $4,700 per player. Like he's so expensive that it's really tough to do. Yeah, I, you basically can't play Julio Jones and Cooper Cup in the same lineup. I, I don't, I, I mean, you probably can, but it's going to necessitate playing, you know, one or more quite bad plays or quite thin plays. So that that is, that is a legitimate concern. He, it probably works better in, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods lineups. Yeah, but I would still prefer to have Cooper Cup over those guys. I just think that he's better. Uh, and if and now if I'm going to bring it back and take the price discount, because you're not really even getting that huge of a price discount comparatively between Cup, Woods, and Cooks, then if you went from Julio all the way down to like Sanu at $4,600, you put Sanu in that Julio spot as a bring back, now you have $5,300 per player. I mean, Ridley, Ridley, Hooper, and Sanu are all cheap, and and all of that is going to drive down the Julio. Like, would you be super surprised if Jones ended up under 
8% owned? No, I think I would be more comfortable not playing Julio as a part of this game stack. I think almost like you mentioned with Barkley being a one-off for a lot of people, I think I would want to make Julio a one-off in my lineup that had just a different game stack. Yeah, I mean, that that does, that just, it's easier. When these guys are the most expensive players, the more constraints you put on a lineup, the harder it is to make them fit with other reasonable and playable pieces around them, just because there's there's less flexibility, less positions to go, to go cheap. Now, I, I will say this, if one super obvious value opens up this week, you know, what, like, Malcolm Brown has this ankle injury, what if Malcolm Brown and Todd Gurley both can't play in this game? Then all of a sudden, like the the ownership on Barkley, Julio, these other expensive guys, it just goes through the roof. Yes, th- this is true, but we'll end up seeing how that ends up going. If we go to the very top of receiver, we mentioned Julio. He's $8,000, which seems kind of odd after the past few weeks. It's even like you, know, you have Michael right. Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins. It's not like DeAndre Hopkins is living up to this price tag whatsoever. So Cooper Cup is my favorite of these top-end guys again this week. I know he sucked last week, but the Rams just in general sucked last week. $7,400 is a really good price for this matchup. Then in the 6Ks, you got Thielen, Allen, Lockett, uh, AJ Green is probably not going to play. Stefan Diggs, Will Fuller at 62. Fitz, Scorin, McLaurin, and DJ Chark. Of these $6,000 guys, because we've talked about how tough it is to pay up for all these positions that you want because there's no real outs, that I think that Tyler Lockett, then Chark are the two best plays of this range. Yeah, Shark Shark for me is just a, an absolutely great play. Cincinnati's going to be missing, I think, three of their starting defensive backs. He has like a 22% target share of the Jacksonville offense, but he's third in the NFL in air yards. So he, he just has the profile of a guy who should be even more expensive. Lockett is Lockett is a, such a tough play for me. I, I don't know how you feel about him, but I just I feel like the variance and the amount of targets he gets is so related to the scoreline that it's it's very hard for me to play him in like non-game stacks. Well, the the issue with uh, Lockett right now is you want him in a game where a lot of plays are run and opponents against Baltimore are like top three in the league and opponent plays against. And Seattle's actually like top seven in that stat too. So I would expect this game to go over. I expect a lot of points in Seattle. Yeah, I, I mean, and, and if that does happen, Lockett is going to be one of the best plays of, like, he'll probably be the best play of the slate. But the issue then becomes we have, like I mentioned, DJ Chark is right there, but then Hilton is $5,900, and there's no way I'm not using him. Yeah, Hilton is going to be, like, uh, he'll, do you think he'll be the highest-owned wide receiver in the Millionaire Maker? Yeah, absolutely, and I think that you should still play him. Yeah. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, this is not a situation where I'm saying to not play the chalk. I, I think, I think Hilton is so far and away the best play. One of the things that you can do here, we talked about the Fournette ownership. If you want to fade Fournette and you are playing a bunch of lineups, I think that doing like a Minshew Chark stack and bring it back with like Tyler Boyd at $5,600 is an interesting way to get away from Fournette. Hopefully everything goes to the passing game. We've seen Chark pile it up. And then you have Boyd coming back who after a week where he was popular, unused against Baltimore, this is a really nice situation against a... Frankly, Jacksonville pass defense that hasn't been superb. I mean, Ramsey hasn't been in, and now he's just no longer there. Yeah, Boyd is a Boyd. I mean, Boyd is a great play just because he's going to be a guy who has one of the best target volumes you can imagine in a, a game where everyone got burnt with him last week, thinking he was going to be a good play against Baltimore. I, I could see Boyd being on like you know, like the Millionaire Maker winning team pretty easily. You know, thirteen targets, uh, one hundred and twelve yards, eight receptions, and just like crushes. Yeah, 
anyone else in this 5k range do it for you like patrick peterson's gonna be back i'm not sure if sterling shepherd is gonna play or not but if he is say goodbye to sterling shepherd uh if sterling shepherd's sick you probably just sacrifice darius slayton to him but my my favorite my favorite uh tournament play the whole week is right here uh let me get Can you guess it hmm Oh, uh, since you are, you still think that Arizona can somehow go 16 and 0, that's Christian Kirk? No, it's, it's John Brown, 5,500 against the Miami football dolphins. I, I don't see how he is not the best tournament play of the week. Here's the issue that I have with this game. I realize that they're 17 point favorites, but if the bills can run the ball successfully, they, they will only run the ball. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just think I so like that the uh, the Kirk Cousins week one scenario where Josh Allen throws like 15 times. Yeah, I, I totally agree. It's completely in play. I don't think, however, that that is the mean outcome. I, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be close. But also John Brown is one of those dudes who could get four targets and probably score twice. And, and you'd like and he's 5,500. So, you know, 18 points is probably enough from him. Honestly, in the Bills game, if you're going to use anyone, just use Josh Allen. And I, you basically absorb all of the fantasy points if you do that. Like, he's, he's not a guy that you need to sack with anyone. No, the- you, don't, you don't need to. I think the concern with him is Josh Allen might be – he might be one of the most popular quarterbacks, if not the most popular. Yeah, which is probably a mistake this week. I do really like him a lot, but I don't necessarily want to play a chalky Josh Allen because then you're you – pretty- You don't want to play a, Josh, a chalky Josh Allen as a one-off at all. If, you, if you're using Josh Allen in the Millionaire Maker in these big tournaments, use Cole Beasley, use John Brown, or even use one of the running backs. Even use, you know, Devin Singletary or whatever with him. Yeah, I mean, you could even go to, like, duke williams or dawson knox if you really wanted to yeah I, yeah the, the dawson knox what it, what is his salary i don't even know if he's the if he's the dead man i kind of like that he's th- well he's 3300 so that was i was not expecting that so there there's a couple like contrarian plays in this 5k range really good players usually the types of players that you want to target as a contrarian or pivot play like these mid-range really good wide receivers and no one's really using this week like i doubt very many people use kenny galladay against the vikings tyler boyd definitely fits into that mix as well and i like him the best at 5600 the other ones are like tyrell williams who should be back he's got a touchdown every single game so far they're six point dogs they should be throwing Allen robinson taking on marcus Lattimore. they're gonna forcing the ball anyway he's good enough to win some of these battles it's not super high upside but i think the one that i like the best that if he plays hollywood brown 5600 bucks in that high scoring game no one's using him no one's using him and he is one of the best average depth of target players in the entire nfl he could score three times on three targets i i think he is an absolute like if you were doing five lineups i think at least one of those should be marquise brown yeah, one of the one of the best tools that I really like on Daily Roto. And I feel like you guys don't hype this one up enough, but I found it to be very successful. I know Paul behind the camera. He's the one who got me onto it. It's just using the range of outcome split. Yeah. Like I, I like to look at all of them. Like, what's the 90th percentile outcome? What's the 75th percentile outcome? I usually stick around the 75th percentile outcome because it does take out some of the downside. But I want to know who the spike players are. Like, if I use these guys, can they win me a tournament? And it always points to, you know who the guys are, but it's still like, you like to see the numbers on it anyway. The Will Fuller types, the Hollywood Brown types. I think you need to be taking your shots with these guys every week. 
Yeah, no, guys who have the ability to score 80-yard touchdowns, who have super high average depth of targets, guys who have these crazy projections in the 90th percentile, that's the whole point of what you should be playing in tournaments. You know, you you don't play... Cole Beasley. Like you, yeah, you don't play Cole Beasley. You don't play, uh, you know, just just guys who are very middling in tournaments. That That's not the point. Even, even Allen Robinson, like Allen Robinson in this current bears environment, he just is not really that great of a play. Uh, I see. I uh, see. I don't know about that because they just seem like, especially with chase Daniel, a quarterback, he's the only guy he looks at. So he could score three touchdowns. I guess he could. I don't know. I would probably take the under on the bears scoring two touchdowns this week. Yeah, I probably would too, but sub $5,000 level receivers. Like this is where we get into our like DK Metcalf's probably a pretty good play, especially with the loss of the two tight ends. You're now using Luke Wilson out there. I can actually see DK Metcalf and his size absorbing some of the target share in the red zone. That doesn't go to Chris Carson. If they're actually going to throw just because he's such a big body. I mean, maybe he, are... he leads the NFL in end zone targets already. He, he, no one has been targeted standing in the end zone more times than DK Metcalf. Yeah, now if he can like, catch a few more, then we'd be... It's like the TJ Hawkinson thing. Like, guy has all the inside the 10-yard targets, but he drops everyone. Yeah, yeah. Just, uh, you just gotta, just gotta hang on to a few of them. He hangs on to five of those over the course of the year. You're probably pretty happy with uh, him in DFS because he's never owned. Uh, Sanu is someone I kind of like, uh, but only as a part of those game stacks. Frankly... Everything below $5,000, almost the same at running back, is pretty barren until you get to, like, the super-duper cheap guys that you may need to put into your lineups to fill it out because you've spent so much money elsewhere. So, like I mentioned, the draw this week for the DK giveaway is smash the like button, leave your DraftKings handle in the comment section, and pick one of these guys below $4,000 to put into your lineup. Like, who is it for you? This could be our bet this week, too. 1v1, guys from the $3,000 level. I don't know if I feel strongly about any of them. I just felt super strongly that Derrick Henry was horrible. Yeah. It, it maybe I, I will keep trying to, I will wait for you to say something that I think is bad and then we can bet on it. Like how many people do you, th- if Devonte Adams sits, how many people do you think you use Lazard? Uh, how many people use, I, well, I don't think Adams is going to sit, but he will be very popular at, he will be very popular. No doubt. Should we, uh, should, 10% or more. Well, if that's the case, should we just be using Devonte Adams then at 76? Yeah. I, I like Adams. I like Adams a lot this week. I, I mean, we need to see, we need to get, you know, some kind of update on his, we need to get some kind of update on his health or whatever. But, uh, I, I, I think he would be just anytime guys are returning from injury or from bye weeks or whatever, and they're just not as much in the consciousness of DFS players. I think that they make even better plays. I, that's how I feel about Christian Kirk in this game, that if he ends up coming back, people might just shy away. Cause I, I at least I got off trying to pick which like rando other Cardinals receiver is the guy to play. I just decided to use none of them turned out a lot better than I usually do. Yeah. Well, you know, good for you, buddy. Which one did you use? Uh, all of them. How did that work out? Not, not great. Not great. They've, I, th- I don't think they've yet to pay off this year. These other guys. I thought, man, I really thought Demir Bird was going to when I checked when I checked the the box score and I saw he had one catch for like fifty five yards or whatever. I was like, okay, yep, it's 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 coming. Demir Bird season is happening, and uh, it it didn't happen. Uh, the ones I really want to point out here in the three thousand dollar range. 
Um, well, we can start with Corey Davis. I think he's like four thousand dollars, forty one hundred, something like that. The Titans receivers against the Chargers, because like wide receiver twos and tight ends and everything. Maybe it's Delaney Walker, but now with Ryan Tannehill, I don't think that Ryan Tannehill is good, but I think he's better for this passing game than Mariota is. I don't. I think it's pretty negligible. I will be playing zero Tennessee Titans in uh in week six. Like week hump, seven. hump daddy, thirty four hundred bucks. Uh, I mean, I, I want to say, I want to say there's no way that I'm playing him, but it, the, the truth is, is that I might. He was targeted four times with Ryan Tannehill under center last week. And if we think that like, who do you think Casey Hayward ends up on? Do you think it's Corey Davis or do you think it's AJ Brown? Probably Corey Davis gets, you know, he gets that respect or whatever. So if that's the case, AJ Brown and his like big play TOS stiff arm to the house moves is actually a pretty decent GPP GPP play, I believe. Yeah, he is. He is so good. He is so good after the catch. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I just what even even playing a thousand lineups, I still don't know if I want to play any Tennessee Titans. I just think they're so bad. I guess so, but the Chargers just bleed points to these other guys. Yeah, the Chargers, the Chargers suck, but I think I think the Chargers sucking and the Titans sucking doesn't mean that the other team is going to be good. I think it just means we are in for a for a slap fight. Maybe so, but uh, I, I'm just trying to find a guy to play down here because I might need to play one in order to make my lineups work. Gabriel Zay Jones in his debut with the Raiders. No, it can't be right. Can't be Zay Jones. Let, let, let me let me just let me uh, let me filter here by value on uh, on Daily Roto and see if I can uh, dig us up anything. Darius Slayton seems like one of the best ones at forty one hundred. Yeah, but, yeah, but I, what I think? But what? But what happens if Sterling Shepard sits and all of a sudden he's dealing with Patrick Peterson? That's just, not. It would good. feel like such a weird use of resources for them. Yeah, but to, but, but to who who Patrick else is Peterson who else Slayton? is he going to cover? Golden Tate. He's not going to the slot to cover Golden Tate. I don't know. I just don't even. I don't really sweat these cornerback matchups. You, that you hard. should. I know. I know. People it, 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 was, it was. It was just like last week when you were like, "Wow, well, Kirk Cousins is a bad play because you know I know the Eagles have the worst secondary in the league, but he's not going to do anything." Like sometimes, yeah, freaking, I, sometimes, sometimes the obvious thing is the right thing. Yeah, I mean, he he smashed. He smashed, and uh, he he smashed right in my face, Pat, because I'm I'm now I'm now poor for no Steph Diggs money. So it's like sometimes with this stuff, like it's not like Slayton is good anyway. Like he's all right. He's a deep play threat. But if you just give him someone who's good to cover him and if that's going to be the focus, like they're just not going to throw to him. Yeah, they're not going to they're not going to. That's why wide receiver cornerback matchups matter, because if it if it just completely destroys one guy's volume, then you yeah, it's, it's not any good. Do you know who actually do you know who the Daily Roto optimizer likes the best here in terms of projections from this range? Uh. Well, it likes it. It likes Slayton the most from the four thousands. Yeah, but I think that has Sterling Shepard still in. Uh, the The answer from the three thousands is Adam Humphreys. I'll probably play him if the optimizer says he's good. I probably will, but I don't want to. I'm I'm hoping that something happens, or or just that my lineups do not necessitate Adam Humphreys. I really don't. I really don't want to play Ryan Tannehill slot guy in tournaments. Well. I guess we should talk about quarterbacks that and maybe the best stacks of the week. I talked about Goff and Cup. I like that a lot. Where do you think that you'll be going? Because if Evan Ingram plays the Daniel Jones, Evan Ingram against the Cardinals, I don't know how popular it will be, to be perfectly honest with you. 
Well, he's expensive. So that's, that is a big difference. These last couple of weeks, we've had cheap tight ends against the Cardinals. So people following the flow chart have just been doing that, but it's uh, it's significantly harder to pay 6,500 for Evan Ingram, as opposed to 4,900 for Austin Hooper. I guess so. But if we talk quarterbacks, like obviously all the expensive guys are the good guys. Jared Goff at 6,200 is probably the best value. Like I start looking at these other guys down on the list, like Minshew's in a good spot. He's $5,400. And his, the guys that you can pair him with, especially down Swaim as well now, like they have no tight ends, like Ben Koyak again, that it's pretty clear who it might be going to. Maybe Chris Conley ends up getting more snaps this week because Marquise Lee. No, I, I think it. I think it will. I think Chris Conley is. I think Chris Conley. I, I actually was just looking at him. I, I have him in, in my placeholder that I use to enter games. I kind of think he's a little interesting this week. Potentially, that if that's the route that you want to go down, but like all the other like cheap quarterbacks aren't very good maybe Brissett, maybe you go with jimmy g but that just feels like running so daniel jones would be like the cheapest of the quality options i think and he's 6100 bucks you could just pay up 100 for goff who no one's using anymore uh that's a better option but if we do go to the top and like it does seem where everything is so expensive that maybe some of these top end quarterbacks do get passed over a little bit who is your favorite is it deshaun is it lamar is it kyler or is it russell wilson because i think you just play lamar every week yeah, I think you just play Lamar every week, and and especially in a game where I think that uh, I think he's just gonna he's gonna run a ton in this game because they they you know this is just gonna be a a, a great competitive game, ton of plays ran. Uh, I, I love Lamar this week. So, are you gonna like? Do you think what game stack do you like the best? Is it that game or is it the Giants Arizona game or is it the Cardinals Rams game? It's the it's the it's the Rams Falcons game. Yeah, Rams, Rams, Falcons. That's the one. That one's yeah. tough. There's just so many options in that game. Yeah, and that's why it's the best. Because it's just like you got a bunch of chance. And my quarterback pool is going to be small this week. It'll be, uh, you know, it'll be those top four guys, and then Jones, and then Goff, and and that's probably it. I'll probably only play six quarterbacks. It's like by projections, the only one that's in the fifties right now is that Rams Falcons game. The, where is it? Baltimore in Seattle is 49 and a half. Cardinals Giants is 49. Texans Colts is 47. The other high one that's up there. And like, I, we basically said nothing about this game is Raiders Green Bay. Yeah. Raiders Green Bay, except that you're just, you're not going to want to use car. And uh, I mean, Jacobs is going to be a really popular one-off. I guess people will use Tyrell and people will use Waller, but I don't, I guess I don't have a ton of interest in that necessarily as a stack. Yeah, that's tough. So Lamar, that's our quarterback. Yeah. Lamar, Lamar for me, he's got to be the best, right? I think so. Lamar, Goff, Minshew, Daniel Jones, those guys. Hmm. I probably, I probably won't use Minshew, but I totally see why you would. I don't, I don't think it's bad. I just don't think, I don't know if, I don't know if, you know, if you play infinity lineups, you got to use some of them, but you. Well, you no, it's, it's not, like, it's not only that, like at $5,400, he allows you, especially if you put Chark To get with more stuff. Yeah. Like you can yeah. pay up for those running backs that you actually want. Yeah. You can get, you can get, and you could probably even play Julio in those lineups as well. That would be, that would be, that's a, like an, an interesting thing to do. I, I kind of. With those quarterbacks, you project to get like 16 to 18. You kind of want those guys to be like 
like that that Chase Daniel week, like you want them to be like super super cheap. And sure, but like one of the ways to play Minshew, like I mentioned before, is that if Fournette gets shut out of the end zone, all of those touchdowns now go to Minshew, and then you box out the field both ways because everyone's using Fournette. Right, exactly. Yeah, and, and I mean, it's a so the point you make there is a good one, which is just in general, like you should be thinking more about leverage and about what the field's going to do and how your lineups are going to reflect that than necessarily on the plays themselves. So tight ends, they're expensive. You got Kittle. They are 60, expensive. He's sixty-five. You got Ingram, or he's sixty-seven for Kittle, sixty-five for Ingram. Hooper is 53. Then it's down to Andrews and Waller. And G- How is Jimmy Graham still in for the $4,000 range? That makes no sense to me. Is, is everyone just going to use Hunter Henry at 4000 bucks? Yeah, Hunter Henry is going to be super popular. Actually, what's wild is Gerald Everett, uh, after having those two smash games back-to-back, he's going to be a part of that 50 total game, and he is not going to be owned. It's probably a better move to use Gerald Everett at 37 rather than use Hunter Henry at 4000 Right, exactly. Yeah, I, I agree with that for sure. And right. what do you, what do you think about old man Doyle? No, nah, pass on Doyle. I'd still rather have Ebron. I'd rather if I was going to go old man in that range, I'd probably go with Delaney Walker. But what about Darren Fells at thirty one? Like that seems like a very good price. So it is a really good price, and you can use him in a game stack of a game that that you and I I think both kind of like, and, and that that's. Like, it feels so gross to make those plays when you're building them by hand, but that's a play you can make in an optimizer and, uh, you know, just, like, feel fine about it because you're not having to individually click that decision. And he saves you so much money, you could probably go Watson, Fells, Hilton and just have those three guys. Watson, Fells, Hilton, and then you could could play Barkley in that lineup, probably. Yeah, or Julio if that's the way that you wanted to go. Yeah. That's interesting. So Hunter and Fells, the two best cheap options. I keep bringing up Hawkinson because I think he's burned everyone enough now, but he is, his opportunity to score touchdowns is incredibly high. What about, dude? I mean, I, I like Hawkinson. I think he's fine. I just, I probably don't want to be too exposed to that game just because there's a lot of ways that that game can be super gross. Well, it, what just, about, it, what? it just feels like a super slow game with a lot of running. A lot of, lot of running. Both teams really looking to establish it in this one for sure. So who's the guy that you want to bring up? Dude, what what about Luke Wilson? 3000. He is the only tight end on their roster as far like I mean now granted we're recording this on Wednesday. They could add someone, they could call someone up. They could bring like Ed Dixon back, but it, he is the only tight end on the team, I think. I believe Ed Dixon's on injured reserve. There you go. So I I don't even think they like Nick Vinets in Pittsburgh, Will Disley and Ed Dixon are injured like what I I uh they might still have Tyrone Swopes on their practice squad. Now they, look that up. The, the other one that they have is Jacob Hollister right now. So last week, yes, the problem is it's almost like the Hawkinson dilemma that although Hawkinson's getting more red zone usage is that he has no volume to go with it. So he's prone just to lay an egg in your lineup and have zero points. Luke Wilson's kind of the same way, although he did play 67% of the snaps last week against the Browns. Yeah, and and... The, the Seahawks have always used tight ends. And, and let me tell, let me tell the people this will Disley, not a special player, not, not athletic was not a productive college player. He, he just was a beneficiary of uh, Brian Schottenheimer's love of the tight end position and Russell Wilson's greatness. So like, don't, don't like, don't put your, your nose up in the air to Luke Wilson thinking that he sucks. Cause it doesn't matter. I think usage is one thing, but I think that will, will Disley was a, 
far more underrated athlete than people give him credit for. It seems like people are looking at what he did in college and how much he weighed at the NFL combine and how much weight that he lost to transform himself into a tight end. Like clearly he was an ultra athletic lineman. And then all of a sudden he became a tight end and he shifted his game. Like to watch him out there, he looks super athletic. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I don't think I don't think he was something like that. I don't think he was a I, super I, special player. No, I, I don't think so either, but I, I don't think that he was a bad athlete by any means. I actually think he was an above average athlete, especially at his size. Just well, if I mean if you think that he and Luke Wilson are the same size and Luke Wilson is way faster and way stronger and, and all like all that all the combine stuff. Yeah, but the combine stuff isn't really a good gauge because I think Disley dropped like thirty pounds after the combine because you switch positions. Yeah, which is wild. That that is that is wild to me that he switched positions. But yeah, I mean, I don't like I don't want to be on the record as being like the Luke Wilson guy. I just I think he's sort of an interesting play at three thousand, just because tight end's so bad this week. I'm with you, but if you if you have the choice, feel like Mr. Stutters over here. If you had the choice to play Luke Wilson at three thousand dollars and Fells is only thirty one hundred, why wouldn't you just play Fells? I, I don't, I I'm stymied. I don't have an answer to your question. Or if you want exposure, I guess you get the Luke Wilson exposure uh, to that high projected point total gain. If you just go down a hundred dollars, I know people are, were scorned by Everett last week, but Eleanor Higby is at 29. I'd have to, let me hear I'll go, I'll go look at the snap counts from last week. My assumption is, is that his snap counts are way down, but I, I don't actually know that for sure. For Higby versus. For Higby versus Everett. I, I will, I'm going to pull up the box score right now and I will, uh, I will report back to you on my, on my findings. It is. No, they played, they played the same amount same. of snaps, yeah. so 50, I'm wrong. 57% for Higby, Everett 53%. Yeah. And that was a game where they had to pass a ton or tried to pass yeah. a ton. Yeah, it was, it was not pretty. Yeah. So I guess that's like your outlier exposure to that game if you want it. Let's talk defense. There's, I mean, there's three overall on the slate. Um, I think if you go, so at, at the top, it's the bills and it's the Niners. Both are amazing plays, but they're 4,300 and in a week where it's tough to pay. See, I don't see how you play these defenses. I can see it. I can see playing the Niners against Washington and the bills against Miami. Like those are no, no. I think they're great plays. I don't see how they fit with the lack of salary relief that you're getting this week. You basically have to play a balanced lineup if you want to use them. And paying up for defenses, paying up at defense this year, maybe not to the very highest end, but like whether it's the Patriots, whether it's the Eagles, in these like smash matchups, they've really been coming through. Yeah, it worked for the Patriots a couple times. It worked for the Eagles in that game. Um, But basically, if these defenses do not score a touchdown and they just crush. Like all they do is get, you know, eight sacks or whatever. Like you're, you're looking more at like 18, 19, 20 DK points as opposed to like 35. And that's probably not going to cut it unless you get a huge outlier performance somewhere else. And granted all GBP winning teams are huge outlier performances. I, I prefer to be more volatile with defenses. So if you pay down at defense, cause everyone's going to want to, and you have to do it. I like the Colts the best at 2000. Yep. They're the best for sure. They, they, they are just going to have a chance to rack up sacks um, against Deshaun Watson, who takes a bunch of sacks. And uh, there, there is in between 2000 and 3000, there is not much. Yeah. Who would be the teams in that range that you think you would go to? Like I'm looking at it now. 
The Giants against Kyler at 25 has somewhat of my interest. The Saints at 2,900 are probably the best play of the 2000s. Yeah, I, I, I like the Saints. The Saints are probably the defense that I will be using in cash games, I, I would think. But even at 2,900, like if you can save the 900 and go to the Colts, although it's go riskier, to the it, it might yeah. be worth it in your line if you can get up to a better running back or a better receiver at that point. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I, I think that is, I think that's almost certainly true. And there, those, like taking shots on cheap defenses is a great way to find, because people don't even gang up on them in tournaments. Like those defenses are not going to, like the Colts defense is not going to be chalk. No, but where's Washington here? Washington doesn't give up as many sacks as I thought they would, to tell you the truth. They're like in the middle of the pack but the Niners have the best adjusted sack rate of any team right now. So other than that on the slate, Green Bay has a very good adjusted sack rate. Chicago and New Orleans who are playing each other, but Chicago's offensive line sucks. What about Tennessee's D against the Chargers? Tennessee's D against the Chargers. Yeah, I mean, they 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 are uh they are a pretty good defense against a very bad uh functioning offense right now. I don't I don't have any problem with that. How much are, I guess they're, they're 3,200 though. That's just too expensive. Yeah, they're expensive. Like I would rather just play, I'd rather just play the Bears defense against Teddy probably. I, I, uh, I'd he, rather, I would, the, the move would be to play the Saints defense against Chase Daniel. Right. Yeah. I mean, both, I think both are good. Let's see who else is on this slate. The Giants are like good at getting to the passer. Yeah, they have they have a a pretty good pass rush. I, I don't have, I don't have any issue with that. Kyle, Kyler might just, you know, he might just completely dunk on them. He does take sacks, though. Yeah, that's the thing. He might dunk on them. That might lead to a fumble. And like you said, at some point, you just need a touchdown to go back the other way, and all of a sudden, you're looking yeah. fine. It looks like they will have their opportunities. We know how many plays that the Cardinals run per game, that that could be an interesting spot. So, like, the like in the upper half of adjusted sack rate, like, the Chargers are a bit expensive, but playing Tannehill is not a bad situation to be in. Indy's 13th uh, in getting pressure. The Jags are 12th in getting pressure. The problem is, yes, those defenses are expensive minus the Colts. Like, the Jags are 3500 Do you think the Jags will be higher owned than either the 49ers or the Bills? Or do you think they become the defense? It's like, well, I could pay 3500 yeah, for them. Yeah, they become, they become the default defense, for sure. No no doubt. They just become, when you're when you're building lineups by end, it's easier to save that 800 than, uh, you know, go all the way up. If we look at the bottom of adjusted sack rate uh, so far this season in terms of pass protection... No, wait, that's defensive line. I want to look at offensive line because Atlanta gets no. They, Atlanta has five sacks this year, by the way. Yeah, they are They are like the Raiders from last year. They are, they are just unbelievably bad. So the worst teams in the league at protecting their quarterback, Tennessee, obviously number one, of teams on this slate. Then it's Miami, Arizona, Cincinnati, Buffalo. What about Miami D? Hear I mean, me. they're cheap. They're they're cheap enough, right? And and Josh Allen loves turnovers, and Josh Allen loves sacks. I I do not think it is the worst play. I I think uh, I think it's not the worst play you've ever touted on air. I don't know if I actually have the guts to do it with the Colts being there, but yeah, Josh Allen. And the thing is, like, everyone's gonna be using Josh Allen anyway. I watch enough Bills games being like uh, when we go to the bar, it's always just Bills fans there and they get all fired up. So they're always on the sound. It's on the big TV. Josh yeah, Allen. Think of, think, of your, think of your risk reward there. Like think of the, think of the payoff you're going to get if the, if the Dolphins make uh, all the people around you at the bar sad. 
Yeah, it, it's not like the, I, if the Dolphins' defense like scores fantasy points in this game, that doesn't even mean that the Dolphins are even close in this game. But like Josh Allen might just drop the ball. Josh Allen will take a sack and throw it to the other team twice for 14 points, and they're still fine. Like trying to look at special teams here. Sometimes like looking at the gap between special teams. Like New Orleans has the best special teams in the league. I guess Chicago's is pretty good too. Buffalo has the worst special teams in the league. So. Maybe Miami can get a sneak a return touchdown. Yeah, they have the worst special teams in the league because they were uh, employing Ray Ray McLeod as their punt returner, who is like the the worst NFL player I've ever seen in my life. Huh. Atlanta actually has the third worst special teams in the league, and the Rams are in like the upper tier. What about Rams? Is this just by is this by DVOA? Yeah, by DVOA. I'm just thinking like, why not Rams D at twenty seven hundred dollars? I don't have a I don't have a problem with it. I I really in any game where there's going to be a lot of passing attempts, I have zero issue with any defense. Mm. They, they, they just it's it's points don't matter. It's all about sacks and and fumbles and pick sixes. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So if we had to narrow down our D core, Colts seem to be the cheap option. Colts Colts Saints are going to be my two highest owned teams. I think. Uh, Paul, are you trying to get in here? Are you not concerned that the Colts ha- or the Texans haven't given up a sack in at least the last two weeks, maybe the last three? Tunsil seems to be working out. Yeah, they lost the uh, their right tackle this week for like six weeks. I did not know that. Carry on. So, but I mean, yes. They have improved. They have improved uh, over the beginning of the year with Deshaun Watson. However, I, I just think this game is – the as kind of Davis pointed out, I expected the game total to be higher in this one. I feel like they know something that yeah, we it's don't. just it's weird that it is below forty nine, right? Like yeah. I thought this was a forty nine, forty nine and a half for sure. Yeah, so maybe the I it's just if the Colts weren't cheap, I wouldn't even be considering them. But they are cheap, so got it. Got to take someone. I, yeah, you got it. You got to play someone. That is true. Yeah. Uh, I'm playing the Miami Dolphins defense in tournaments. Let's go. How, how much? How much are the dog fifteen hundred bucks? I might, yeah, it's I, like the Jets last week. Yeah, but the Jets were chalk last week, making them just obviously the worst play. Oh, it's fu- like obviously horrible. Yeah, they were such a bad play in tournaments. It was crazy. Well, it's like because I used the Cardinals defense. They were equally as bad. But we ta- I talked about it on the mo- the Sunday morning show, and we were talking about like where to spend your money at defense if you're going to sp- pay down. And it was like, well, you have the three teams below $2,000. Everyone's using the Jets. Then everyone after that is going to use uh the cardinals then you have the Bengals there it's like if they just get a return touchdown they're gonna be by far the best of these guys and first play of the game return touchdown i was like fuck why didn't i use them <laughs> smash yeah and, and, but they i don't think they got a turnover at all though whatever they still score like eight points yeah so well, it, that's, i mean that's that's why defense is so that's why defense is just it's so random and it's so painful and and that's why it's fine to just always take cheap ones because they just all they got to do is luck into a turnover or, or a touchdown so I think Saint for per value, Saints, Colts, Giants, Dolphins will probably be where I'm going, unless I somehow figure out a way to get either the Niners or Bills in there. Yeah, I, I mean, I will have some 49ers and some Bills, but probably well, da- da- Davis. As we've went much. through, you're going to own every single player on the slate somewhere. Yeah, I mean, I might not. Honestly, I, I might just I might just exclude those expensive defenses entirely because they they really do. They, they just cripple the rest of what you can do with your lineup. The, the rest of your lineup with the Bills defense is bad. It, it, it's not likely to have a tournament winning ceiling in, in it. I mean, it's tough to say what's a tournament winning ceiling depending on the week, but if they're the one right. defense, like, like the Eagles a few weeks ago. If they, they the, get 40, yeah, sure. 
But like the Eagles were the one defense that went off and you then had to have them. You had to have them. And they were right. in the perfect spot. The Bills seem to be in a perfect spot here, just like the 49ers are. So I can see where you can get to that if all the other defenses are kind of mediocre and no one else has a spike week that people are on. But the one thing that paying up for one of these defenses I think will do to you is we talked about all those like sort of contrarian wide receivers in the $5,000 range. Yeah, is that, it gets you there. Yeah, it, it gets you on to those guys because you had to allocate your money elsewhere elsewhere and that might actually be a good thing and it probably pushes you to like darren waller at tight end or even cheaper so i yeah i mean it probably will be a unique lineup construction i would imagine yeah and it might get you on guys that if you were a hand building be like well i want to go expensive here or cheap here that the, the actual right plays are the guys in the middle range yeah, I mean, like if if I was told that uh, that that three of the five highest scoring wide receivers of the week were priced in between five thousand and six thousand dollars on DraftKings, I would buy it. And see, if that's the case, and that's where you should be building your core from. Yeah, I mean, I they those all like so like the the guys I will have the most of are definitely going to be the two Rams guys, Cooks and Woods, um, John Brown. Tyler Boyd, T.Y. Hilton, and Shark and Fitzgerald, so they are all right there. Not not using enough Hilton or Hollywood Brown or Boyd. Oh, yeah. I mean, so I guess Hollywood Brown I will probably only use with Lamar and Russ, though. I would think I probably won't use him as a one-off. He seems like he, he's not, he does seem like a good one-off play, though, because either he hits or he doesn't. Well, yeah, but the way that he hits is going to be really tied to Lamar Jackson, and the way he hits is going to be really tied to the flow of that game because if Baltimore gets ahead, they're not going to be taking deep shots to Marquise Brown, um, and, and he's not likely to get, like, you know, like 12 receptions. It's more going to be, like, either he scores a long touchdown or he doesn't. A long touchdown, huge for huge for the flow of the game huge for Lamar, like bonus points and everything. Whereas like 11 receptions for 98 yards is not as huge for the game flow or for the quarterback. Did I say anything that you'd want to make a wager on or do we save it to go double or nothing next time? No, we got it. You didn't say anything bad. I was waiting. Like I needed you to just be in on a really bad play and you, you didn't, you didn't give it to me. I was, I was waiting for it. I was waiting for you to say something I just thought was not right. And you didn't. I'll take cup versus the other two Rams receivers. Like just just straight up. Yeah, like I say, the cup beats both of them. If Woods or Cooks beats Cup, you win. Okay, how many? Let me see how many points. Well, um, you, don't, you don't get both of their points combined. You get one. Beast. Okay, well, let me let me just do let me just do. Well, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. That's I'm giving fine. I'm Woods, giving you Woods, two to one yeah, on yeah. two guys that you like. Okay, yeah, Woods Woods or Cooks outscores Cup a hundred. Yeah, hundred for you, nothing for me. Back okay. to zero. Yeah, that that's pro that one definitely. I that probably favors you, but you, it's okay. You, you really think me having one guy versus your two guys who you're playing in your draft? That if that's the case, then you should not be playing Woods or Cooks in your lineups. You know that, right? Well, I mean, I I pretty much double stack every quarterback, so you got to play some of them. And and you're I'm gonna like, what do you think Cup is owned? Like eighteen percent. Maybe, you know, it depends on how much money people have. He's expensive. Woods and Cooks are going to come in at like 1% to 3%. Yeah, but that's irrelevant if they don't score DraftKings points, Davis. It is. I mean, you're right. It is irrelevant if they if they uh, just get completely blanked uh, again. No, I mean, I, I feel okay about that. I feel I feel okay about that. If I was If I really wanted to drive a hard bargain, I would try and include Gerald Everett in there too. Yeah, well, should think about that for next time.
I didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, I wasn't really, I wasn't trying to turn the screw. That's, that's on me. Well, I appreciate that. You're not trying to rook me. I'm already giving you two guys against my one guy. So I guess three to one just wasn't enough. So yeah, I lost you last week. If you win, I owe you a hundred bucks. If you win, or if I win, I get nothing. If you win, you get a hundred bucks. I wish you would have just liked Derrick Henry again this week. That would have been, that would have been easier. I don't hate Derrick Henry this week. I don't love him though. Should we, should we look and see if there's a running back? No, because I already gave you all the running backs that I like from that range. Okay. All right. I was going to say I would do, I would maybe, I would maybe just run back Freeman against Henry again, but our, our, our stuff does not like Freeman as much this week. Freeman's not good. That's why. No, he's, I mean, they're both horrible. Freeman and Henry are both horrible. Freeman just gets receptions every once in a while. Yeah, but he only ever gets them when they're down by like 18 million points. And it's like, oh yeah. Oh, he, the, Devonta Freeman is the worst. So don't make me argue for Devonta Freeman. All right. If you want to argue with Davis about Devonta Freeman, follow him on Twitter at Davis Maddock. How was your podcast with Smelly Fertelli? It was it was great. I thought I thought he was fantastic. He told he told uh, he told some pretty cool stories about golfing at the University of Texas Austin. And you you might be surprised to know Dylan Fratelli not a horse history truther, but is a grass type truther. Really? So what's his preferred yeah. grass type? Bent? Uh, yeah. Well, what is it? Bent grass that is, or no, no, uh, Kikuya. Well, Kikuya is tough. Like they're so, I mean, it's prevalent in South Africa where he's from, but like the only right. like thick Kikuya grass you're going to find in the States is like at Riviera. Yeah. Like, so he says, he says that is like, obviously the surfacing, but he says that not having played on all of the surfaces that they use in the United States and then just having to adapt to them really quickly, like, cause he played at the university of Texas, Austin, they played all over the country. He said he just got comfortable on a lot of different types of grasses, whereas guys from the States who grow up playing on one type, like they take longer to adjust to the different grass types. Hmm. That's, that's really interesting info. I may have to incorporate I thought, that I thought it was fascinating. Place. All right. So yeah. da- download the take cast, which popped up in my feed like eight times last week. Uh, what'd you do? Like reschedule? Uh, we, we switched, we, uh, we switched pod servers. So a bunch of stuff had to be, uh, like re upload, like basically like re uploaded. So yeah. that, uh, that's why you got eight, uh, in your feed last week. Yeah. Well, I downloaded them all just for you. And then I deleted them because I had already listened to them. You're such a good friend. That's what you got to do out there. People You got to download the shows. Even if you listen to them or not, that's what helps us the most as does leaving those reviews, which you can get 20 DK bucks for doing at least in the draw five stars, DraftKings handle something nice about the show. Remember too to check out Davis's work at rotoexperts.com and at dailyroto.com, where if you use the promo code, the PME, you get yourself 10% off any of the products for any of the sports. Check out my cheat sheet on Friday on dkplaybook.com, playing the Pat Mayo Experience Listeners League. Find the link in the description of this video or podcast, and that'll do it for me. I'll see you Friday with football MMA picks coming on Thursday. I'm Pat Mayo. I'll see you next time. Pat Mayo Experience! Experience!